to Pop the Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. Hey, y'all. I'm here with Christy Ruggieri, Director of International Admissions and a Drexel Honors Program alum. And we are here to talk about one of the most important things in my life, and I think Christy's life, the Real Housewives. And we're going to go everywhere from turtle time to whooping it up. Hey, Christy, what's up? Hi, it's good to be here, Linda. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know, what a treat. (laughs) One thing I would like to start with is if somebody came up to you Mm -hmm. and was like, Real Housewives, what is it? (laughs) How would you describe the Real Housewives to somebody who has absolutely no foundation? Right. To like an alien. Yes. There's an invasion (laughs) on the planet. It's Independence Day, but they only want one thing, which is what is Real Housewives? <laughs> so The Real Housewives is a franchise on Bravo that has morphed over almost two decades. It started off as a reality show that was supposed to be showing like behind the curtain how the rich lived, specifically housewives who mostly didn't have jobs. But <laughs> through the years, as reality TV has progressed and social media has morphed everything that we consume, it's really become much bigger than that. There's multiple cities. They all have a different personality and flair. I like to think that every city kind of is rooted around a different theme. Mm. So like New Jersey's like family. Potomac is race. Salt Lake City is religion. Beverly Hills is fame. Oh, and New York is addiction. Mm -hmm. I think Salt Lake and Potomac are particularly interesting when it comes to those. They're also some of the newer ones. So it might've been a little bit more intentional than some of the previous ones, but, Mm. but now they're mostly women playing a character (laughs) that have a lot of plastic surgery and it's just a good time with table flipping and drinks throwing in your face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're women who represent us. That's what I do on Saturday. (laughs) I can't wait to punch the clock and just throw a table. Coming to my You get into fights, go on vacation, and so I can fight. Put a fake leg just on a table to stop an argument. Iconic. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) The only thing that is artificial or fake about me. You're like an early adopter, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a big reality TV family. So I have been consuming reality TV for as long as I can remember. And I've really been watching it almost ever since. So like when you talk about reality television, I'm going to guess like Survivor was a part of because mm-hmm. that to me was like, yeah, there was reality shows, but Survivor had such a massive impact. Yes. And that to me is the nexus of the power of reality shows. And then you have like Amazing Race. And, right. But like, what was it about this show? Because it's not Survivor. It's not like a competition. Right. Well, I mean, there is competition, but it's not, there's not like a prize. In the same way. Right. Totally. I feel like Housewives, and I'm curious if you agree, I feel like it was one of the first shows maybe outside of the real world that didn't have a game. Mm. It wasn't gamified. It was just really being like, watch these people hang out and live their lifestyle. And I think in the very beginning, 
the allure was like, wow, look at how rich they are. On a weekend, they just like throw like a $50,000 birthday party for their two-year-old or whatever. Like, so in the beginning, it was much like calmer, I feel. And it was just kind of fun to like see how the other half lives. But then over time, the drama between the women kind of started to outshine and also the wealth almost became a given and assumed. And now it's even weirder because today <laughs> it's like appearances, you know, they're, like they're yeah. trying to convince you that they're richer than they actually are. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's interesting to think about the real world because the whole thing was like, stop being polite and get real, right? Was the tagline for that. To find out what happens. <laughs> what? When people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world. And I think for a long time, like I just rewatched the first two seasons of OC and the first season is so boring. Right. Because they're trying so hard to not do that. Like they're trying to do like a more adult version of a reality show and kind of doing like an intervention style. Like this is a documentary. It's not a reality show. But like right. we also want people to fight and we also want to make fun of how ridiculous these people are or how bad parents they are or whatever. Until they kind of, like you said, hit a rhythm where they understand like, oh, this is about people who like can't let go of their ego. This is about people who really want to be aspirational and also think of themselves as aspirational. Right. Totally. So OC is the original. When New York, when Atlanta, when New Jersey come in, are you already like buying into it and like, yes, or are they courting you? Yeah. So I bought into them pretty quickly, mostly because I grew up in Jersey. <laughs> very, very Jersey, stereotypical Jersey. So like OC was fun. But I remember when like, especially New York and New Jersey came out, which were some of the other earlier ones, we just as a family liked it even more because their personalities, even though of course, they're kind of like caricatures and you know, whatever, they're on TV, just like like Bethany, like I know people that talk like that. So I think we just immediately were like, Oh, this is fun to see people with similar backgrounds to us in these environments which I think also is part of the reason why it does so well and why they have so many cities now. People make fun of Jersey girls, but I think they're just jealous. If you're gonna mess with my family, you're messing with me. What is it do you think that keeps you engaged to devote part of your life <laughs> to these housewives? Like I have spent 16 years of my life growing up with some of these people, what is it that connects you to the housewives that you want to spend a lifetime with them? I mean, the women know what they're doing now. They, mm -hmm. they know they're making a show. They're there to deliver a plot and they're there for views. And I hate to say it, but it works, right? Like <laughs> I've been trying to stop watching Beverly Hills for like so long. And then every trailer at the end of the season, they're like, Ooh, we're going to tease you with this like plot. Like did Brandy sleep with someone? And then I'm like, you know what? I do kind of want to watch that. <laughs> I will say it has been frustrating because I, everyone is so self-aware now that mm. they really do tease out these plots. And then you usually, they don't deliver, right? Like Heather recently was punched on Salt Lake City. Allegedly. 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 I apologize. Thank you. Don't get us sued, Christy. <laughs> It's best that you miss the trip because yes. it was wild. Heather woke up one day with a black, black eye. eye. Somebody hit her. She's been very elusive about it. She said she doesn't remember. I'm super worried. No. It's just a dumb black eye. What happened? Do you have any recollection? No. There's a part of me, and tell me if I'm wrong, that like feels like you're protecting somebody. 
Like that was a big plot point that they were like teasing all season. And then they literally tell you nothing about it. Mm -hmm. It has been a little disappointing recently because I feel like they are doing that more and more, but they tease it so well that I watch the season anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I am curious because after so many years, you do get invested in them. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I view them all as like my best friends, but you know, it's like a soap opera. That's like really what it is. I feel. Do you think that there's anybody on any of the shows that you could be friends with? I do like Bethany. Like Bethany's not a great housewife all the time, but she's actually like kind of grounded more or less. I love Luann. I would love to get invited backstage (laughs) to her cabaret shows. So I'd want to be a friend with her. I think Ashley on Potomac, I would maybe like to be friends with too. Now that she's divorced, I think she could be fun. (laughs) Oh, oh, and Garcelle. I love Garcelle. I think Garcelle comes to mind as somebody who both knows like we are on a show, but also just seems really legit as a person, as a human. I feel like Garcelle is maybe the only one that I can think of immediately that I feel like could be something. The other ones kind of make me a little nervous. I think I could be friends with Candy. I think she's like pretty legit and like again understands and I think is the one who most often is the voice of reason of like what is going on here and I might want to just I would like to have one dinner with Sonia (laughs) I don't know if I want to be besties yes and I would love to hear some of her stories yes from her life that I I imagine those would be fantastic but I really don't want her calling me (laughs) at like 2 a.m with the meltdown question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye. Sup, mom? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all those things, actually. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go to PopQuestPod on any one of those and follow. If you want to send us ideas, you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at Podcast. Or you can get us directly at popq at drexel.edu. You can actually find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I can help set it up when I get home. But then you have to promise me to rate and review. All right. Love you. Bye. Is there for you a season or a storyline of Housewives where it's just perfection? Yeah, I loved the Luann and Tom plot line, like just like her whole wedding to him and everyone hating him because it was dancing around the fact that Luann was spiraling and had some like dark stuff going on in her life and that those were also highlighted on the show, which wasn't as fun and I think dip your toe a little bit more into the stuff that is uncomfortable to watch Mm -hmm. but like that kind of stuff it was just a good time without it like getting too crazy deny 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 that's Luann 
she'll never admit when she's wrong. You make up lies all the time about things. What, oh like God. what? It's just, it's your whole way of being. I thought you well, liked me. I really thought no, you liked when me. When you lie, you put people down to make yourself look good. That's like your biggest thing. You have a problem with the way I am with my children. I have no problem. Your business. You can be however you want to be, but don't sit there and make up stories about me and how I am to you when I'm not threatening. I didn't make up any okay. story. You called and threatened me, so I don't know what you, you're like, you're, you've lost it. And so when she finally has to confront it, it's pretty satisfying. But then she gets arrested for a DUI again, which is also kind of sad, but. And gets divorced immediately. Yes. And to me, I think this is, you know, if we want to talk about like what makes Real Housewives so great, it's the long form storytelling, because I think that with that example, it's a brilliant example of like what they can accomplish in a season. Yeah, no, totally. It's she really gets confronted with the fact that she's not perfect. Finally, like even though she was divorced previously, like she was able to like blame it on him and like everything was fine. And she finally like had to be faced with the fact that she's not perfect and it's happening on the television and that's embarrassing for someone. And you're right. I think it is long form storytelling. It's like you learn these narratives of these people and all these dramas that they highlight are just like little blips in that longer narrative. And that's why I'm still watching Beverly Hills. (laughs) Do you have a drinking problem? No, I don't have a drinking problem. Neither do I. But you tried to push it. Have I said it about you? Yeah, I thought you did. Because there were so many instances where you were out of control. Three. Three. Okay. Excuse me. You know exactly what I've been going through when I told you straight up what happened. Right. But you tried to push that false narrative that I had a problem. I did not try to push that. Yeah, you did. You kept talking about it. No, no, no. What I did, Erica, is that I said you need to figure... You need to figure out your I did. medicine I did. and drink ratio. I did. That's what I said. I did. It's a narrative, but just because you don't like it doesn't make it false. I mean, I feel like I had this realization with Beverly Hills. For 10 seasons, we have these like little arguments about who is doing what and who's saying stuff about who and who's like the puppet master of the Beverly Hills Housewives. And it takes us 10 to 11 seasons for somebody to say, yes, Lisa Vanderpump, you are this person. You right. are the one doing this. <laughs> and it's like, who needs the Godfather when you have real housewives doing this this work for you? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Sorry, Coppola. It's all clear to me, but you know what? what? What's clear to you? You were guilty by omission. You sat there when they're saying, who said bring the dog forward? And I saw the text. I'm shocked. All the twists and turns that this has taken, all roads lead to Lisa Vanderpump. If Vanderpump knew Teddy knew, why didn't she call Teddy and say, Teddy, you got to keep your mouth shut? Did she do that? Nope. There have been a ton of offshoots. One of them is Vanderpump Rules. But then there's another one called Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Are you also watching those? I've only watched one of them so far. I watched season two. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved (laughs) it so, so, so much. It's great because they're acknowledging that they're not on the show. Mm -hmm. A little bit like they're able to talk about being cast members a little bit more in a way that they're not allowed to when they're actually on the housewives because Bravo has this like very weird agreement where they always have to pretend like they're not being filmed, even though like it's everyone knows that they are And on girls trip. There's a little bit more freedom there. Mm -hmm. And I loved on the second one. They're all women who are no longer on the show. And it was really fun to see what they've all done with that. Do you like them? I love them. Yeah. I love the first one because that one has like a mix of it's the Real Housewives universe and they're all from different narratives. 
they've officially done the MCU universe. Yes. But the brilliance is that they're all from different seasons and they all have different vibes that come attached. You're right. It's very Marvel comic university. Like it's just like it's layers upon layers upon layers. And like I can't touch The Bachelor. I don't do like Marvel comics. I don't do any of that because I don't have the brain space for it. Like all my brain space is like focus on Bravo, I guess. If you were to show maybe a season or an episode or a clip to somebody who had never watched it before, what would you show them as like, (laughs) hey, this is why I watch. So the two come to mind for me. Um, I just rewatched this Scary Island. The three episodes of Scary Island was so much better than I even imagined because like they all go to the beach and they do an amateur photo shoot, like a sexy amateur photo shoot for their husbands. And it's just so bad and like so campy to like watch these women think that they're sexy, that they're not. God. Wait, 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 put your hands down, put your hands down, hands down, hands down. No, 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 hands down. No, but keep your shoulders back. Good job. Put your butt down. It's hard to keep that thing down. I'm really feeling Kelly's in her element and I'm trusting her. And I'm always happy to have my picture taken. Let's be honest. Hot. And then Ramona and Bethany are getting married. Ramona's renewing her vows and Bethany's getting married for the first time. And they do like a little like bachelorette, like bridal shower thing. And they buy them like handcuffs and whatever. And they just are like, oh my God, no, I can't. I'm too good. I've never done this before. And I just think it's, it's just really funny and really goofy. The other one that I love, I guess I, I like New York is what I'm learning from this conversation. But <laughs> another one is when they go to Miami in New York and it's after Luann gets arrested. So she's trying to stay sober. And so they're all going to the beach and Luann's like, no, I'm not going to go to the beach. And instead she takes a walk and she goes to look at the theater that her poster is like hanging on because she's performing there in a few weeks. Yeah. And she's just like, wow, look at me. (laughs) I'm going to perform here. That's amazing. It's like she's gone to the Louvre. Yes. I mean, it's like she's seeing Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa for the first time and just taking it all in. It's a very performative moment. Yes. It's so funny. And then also Luann takes Sonia to an AA meeting because Mm -hmm. Sonia does have some, you know, some substance abuse issues that I think she could potentially work through. And so she goes and Sonia just comes home crying. Well, you know, I don't want to make fun of other people's struggles. I just think it's funny how oblivious she was. So I love that too. And then the Jen Shaw getting arrested episode when they're all on the bus and they're all just like there and Mm -hmm. watching them all, how they all react to it, I think is also quite a treat. I mean, that episode was real gold. Yes. The producers must have been all high-fiving that day because that was truly event television. Yeah. The only clip I would add is Kelly Ben Simone running through the streets of New York (laughs) and saying like, this is why I love the city. It's just, it's me and the cars and the bicycles and she is straight up running through traffic. Yeah. And nobody is excited about this but her, but she is so oblivious to why this is so ridiculous and it's clear that this is what she pitched to the producers about like i'm running through new york right right. but so much of her performance is trying to be like real and like not a regular new york social light running in new york city is probably one of the most exhilarating things you could ever do i'm just the same person in sweatpants that i am in a gown And I really think it's important to wear the things that look good on you. So if you have great legs, you should wear things that show off your legs. 
I'm with everybody. I'm with the bikers and the taxis. I'm with everybody. It's like the ultimate experience of being in New York is like running in traffic. It's like you're in the traffic trenches. When there's like moments where you can clearly see that they're living in another universe that like the rest of us are. I think that's really always a treat for sure. How do you respond to like reality television is terrible. Housewives are terrible. Like there, there's no value in it. Oh, I've thought about this a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love reality TV and I love the housewives because it is a window into how we are perceived. And I also think housewives more specifically, like how women are perceived. Mm. It's just really interesting to see like everyone is like making fun of them. They're like, oh, you're just like getting a lot of plastic surgery and you're talking about nothing. But like one thing that I will say is that one of my friends who she's a pretty quiet woman, she's not aggressive. She said that the reason why she likes watching the housewives is because she feels like she can live vicariously through them. Like I Mm. love watching women unabashedly just like show their emotions and like yell at someone over something stupid and arbitrary (laughs) because we can't navigate the world like that. No one can. Not just yeah. when anybody can, but it is kind of fun to see other people do that. I agree. I mean, how many tables have I wanted to flip in my lifetime exactly. and get paid for it right. and be asked to come back right, to make other people's life miserable because I can. Right. Exactly. That's not allowed in the real world. Yeah. I think that there is something about pleasure in watching people transgress and do things that they shouldn't be able to do. And I think that there is something very compelling about watching the performance. And I think that a lot of people recognize it to some degree as a performance, although Bravo fans. I know. I think about that too. I'm always like, what percentage are watching this as camp? And then what percentage are like watching this as just real? Yeah. I'll never know. But I would love to know. You fool. Clip. I don't know what that means. I guess it means shut your mouth. Clip. Do you think that Real Housewives is on its way out anytime soon? Do you feel like there's a term limit on how much Housewives there can be? Or do you think it's just going to keep replicating itself over and over in our lifetime? I think about that because I'm like, am I going to be watching this until I die? Because I really don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I feel like I need them to end so that I can like... <laughs> the one thing keeping Christy alive is <laughs> what's going to happen next on Vanderpump Rules. I do think that there is a cap and I think that they're getting closer and closer to it. They they keep finding new ways to keep it going, which is smart. But I do think that Summer House and Winter House is a good addition. And I think that they're going to start pivoting more into that direction. Yeah. I mean, we have to remember that we've been watching Ramona Singer for 15 years of our life. Exactly. And there has not been much growth in those 15 years. Uh, and the people have finally decided it's time. Right. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for finally talking to me about Real Housewives. I've been waiting for this my maybe my entire 15 years, 16 years of fandom. So I'm really excited to hang out and talk about this. Yeah, Melinda, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Pop the Question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Kantorik with additional audio production by Noah Levine. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paula Morantz-Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. What are we talking about? Practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man.